Welcome to HLA's Reader's Theater Christmas Special. We hope this little podcast will put you in the Christmas spirit. So please relax, grab a chair, maybe some popcorn and hot cocoa, and enjoy this very special episode of HLA's Reader's Theater. Now for a folk tale of trees, three trees to be exact. Presenting the three trees, read by Emma Long, Emily Hux, and Julia Carswell. Once upon a mountaintop, three little trees stood and dreamed of what they wanted to become when they grew up. The first little tree looked up to the stars and said, I want to hold treasure. I want to be covered with gold and filled with precious stones. I'll be the most beautiful treasure chest in the world. The second little tree looked out at a small stream trickling by on its way out to the ocean. I want to be traveling mighty waters and carrying powerful kings. I'll be the strongest ship in the world. The third little tree looked down into the valley below, where busy men and women worked in a busy town. I don't want to leave the mountain top at all. I want to grow so tall that when people stop to look at me, they'll raise their eyes to heaven and think of God. I will be the tallest tree in the world. Years passed, the rain came, the sun shone, and the little trees grew tall. One day, three woodcutters climbed the mountain. The first woodcutter looked at the first tree and said, This tree is beautiful. It is perfect for me. With a swoop of his shining axe, the first tree fell. Now I shall be made into a beautiful chest. I shall hold wonderful treasure, the first tree said. The second woodcutter looked at the second tree and said, This tree is strong. It is perfect for me. With a swoop of his shining axe, the second tree fell. Now I shall sail mighty waters, thought the second tree. I shall be a strong ship for mighty kings. The third tree felt her heart sink when the last woodcutter looked her way. She stood straight and tall and pointed bravely to heaven. But the woodcutter never even looked up. Any kind of tree will do for me, he muttered. With a swoop of his shining axe, the third tree fell. The first tree rejoiced when the woodcutter brought her to the carpenter shop. But the carpenter fashioned the tree into a feed box for animals. The once beautiful tree was not covered with gold nor with treasure. She was coated with sawdust and filled with hay for hungry farm animals. The second tree smiled when the woodcutter took her to a shipyard. But no mighty sailing ship was made that day. Instead, the once strong tree was hammered and sawed into a simple fishing boat. She was too small and too weak to sail on the ocean, or even in a river. Instead, she was taken to a little lake. The third tree was confused when the woodcutter cut her into strong beams and left her in a lumberyard. What happened? The once tall tree wondered. All I ever wanted was to stay on the mountaintop and point to God. Many, many days and nights passed. The three trees nearly forgot their dreams. But one night, golden starlight poured over the first tree as a young woman placed her newborn baby in the feed box. I wish I could make a cradle for him, her husband whispered. The mother squeezed his hand and smiled as the starlight shone on the smooth and sturdy wood. This manger is beautiful, she said. And suddenly, the first tree knew he was holding the greatest treasure in the world. One evening, a tired traveler and his friends crowded into the old fishing boat. 
The traveler fell asleep as the second tree quietly sailed on the lake. Soon, a thundering and thrashing storm arose. The little tree shuddered. She knew she did not have the strength to carry so many passengers safely through with the wind and the rain. The tired man awoke. He stood up, stretched out his hand, and said, Peace. The storm stopped as quickly as it had begun. And suddenly, the second tree knew he was carrying the king of the heaven and earth. One Friday morning, the third tree was startled when her beams were yanked from the forgotten woodpile. She flinched as she was being carried through an angry, jeering crowd. She shuddered when soldiers nailed a man's hands to her. She felt ugly and harsh and cruel. But on Sunday morning, when the sun arose and the earth trembled with joy beneath her, the third tree knew that God's love had changed everything. It had made the third tree strong. And every time people thought of the third tree, they would think of God. That was better than being the tallest tree in the world. The next time you feel down because you didn't get what you want, sit tight and be happy. Because God is thinking of something better to give you. Now a quick word from our sponsors. Do you love your cat? Yeah! Do you love cat hair? No? Well, here comes your favorite gift under the Christmas tree this year. Well, what is it? The original cat hat maker. Yay! With our amazingly engineered cat hair weaving machine, you can turn that ugly cat hair into a warm and cozy hat for you, your kids, and even your neighbors. Um... See, cats shed about 5 billion cat hairs every second. Wait, what? It's true, and that's enough hair to make 37 hats. Wow. Ew. Here, try it on. Cozy. And now you will look amazingly fashionable at your company Christmas party in your very own cat hat. Well, how much is it? This quality engineered machine can be yours today for just three easy payments of $5.99. So don't delay. Get your cat hats today. Yay! No one says Christmas quite like Charlie Brown can. Presenting a Charlie Brown Christmas adaptation by Charles M. Schultz. Christmas is coming, but I'm not happy. I don't feel the way I'm supposed to feel. I just don't understand Christmas, I guess, and I'm getting presents and I'm sending cards, but I'm still not happy. I always end up feeling depressed. Charlie Brown, you're the only person I know that could take a wonderful season like Christmas and turn it into a problem. You need a doctor, Charlie Brown. Don't we all, Linus? I guess you're right. I suppose I'll try the next best thing. Lucy, I'm in sad shape. Hold up there, Charlie Brown. I need five cents from you for my kind of advice. Oh boy, oh boy, I love the beautiful sound of cold, hard cash. That beautiful sound of plunking nickels. All right, now what seems to be your trouble? I feel depressed. I know I should be happy, but I'm not. Well, as they say on TV, the mere fact that you realize you need help indicates that you are not too far gone. I think we better pinpoint your fears. If we can find out what you're afraid of, we can label it. Are you afraid of responsibility? 
If you are, then you have hypengiophobia. How about cats? If you're afraid of cats, then you have aelorophobia. No, just cat hats. Are you afraid of staircases? If you are, then you have climacophobia. Maybe you have thalassophobia. This is a fear of the ocean. Or gephyrobia, which is the fear of crossing bridges. Or maybe you have pantophobia. Do you think you have pantophobia? Do you? What's pantophobia? The fear of everything. That's it! Actually, Lucy, my trouble is Christmas. I just don't understand it. Instead of feeling happy, I feel sort of let down. You need involvement. You need to get involved in some real Christmas project. How about the HLA's Reader's Theater Christmas episode? Really? Do you want me to help? I don't know. What if I mess it up? Don't worry. I'll be there to help you. I know all about amazing Christmas productions. Oh, brother. I've been looking for you, big brother. Will you please write a letter to Santa Claus for me? You write it, and I'll tell you what I want to say. Okay, but don't let it take long. I have to go help out with the Christmas special. You know I'm supposed to be helping others and feeling the Christmas spirit by doing that. Well, I have been extra good this year, so I have a long list of presents that I want. Oh, brother. Please note the size and color of each item, and send as many as possible. If it seems too complicated, make it easy on yourself. Just send money. How about tens and twenties? All I want is what I have coming to me. All I want is my fair share. That's what I'm talking about. Christmas seems to be about greed. Alright, Lucy, I'm here. Alright, now that everyone is here, I'm going to assign roles. Frida, you're playing the innkeeper's wife. Do innkeeper's wife have naturally curly hair? Because I so have naturally curly hair. Okay. Pigpen, you're the innkeeper. In spite of my outward appearance, I shall try to run a neat inn. And Shermie, you're the shepherd. Every Christmas is the same. I always end up playing the shepherd. Alright, let's have it quiet. Places everybody. Schroeder set the move for the first scene. Two thousand years ago, in the city of David. Cut. Cut, it's all wrong. Let's rehearse another scene instead. Pigpen's dust is ruining the style of my naturally curly hair. Why is she staring at me? Isn't he the cutest thing? Okay, we want a lunch break. And to be paid. This is a disaster. It doesn't even look like Christmas here in the studio. We need a tree. A Christmas tree! Okay, but make sure it's a modern tree. It needs to be a big tree. A huge tree. With lots of decorations. Actually, let's make it pink. <laughs> a big, pink, shiny, decorated Christmas tree. Now that says Christmas. Oh, brother. Alright, we'll see you in a bit. Come on, Charlie. So, see any good trees? This one seems to need a home. I don't know, remember what Lucy said. This doesn't seem to fit the modern spirit. I don't care. We'll decorate it. And it will be just right for our studio. Besides, I think it needs me. We're back. Here's the tree. Oh, Boy, you are a blockhead, Charlie Brown. You're supposed to get a good tree. Can't you even tell a good tree from a poor tree? You're hopeless, Charlie Brown. That isn't a Christmas tree, Charlie Brown. That's a fire hazard. <sighs> Come on, everyone. Let's go find a real Christmas tree. I guess you were right, Linus.
I shouldn't have picked this little tree. Everything I do turns into a disaster. I guess I don't really know what Christmas is all about. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Music, please. And there were, in the same country, shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came, out, came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around and about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, ye shall find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, laying in a manger. And suddenly there was a, with the angel a multitude of the heavenly ghost, praising and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. Presenting to you, Paula Deen's Christmas Recipes. Hey y'all, it's Paula Deen here, sharing my favorite holiday tradition, fruitcake. Now I know everyone loves a good old-fashioned fruitcake to bring to your grandma's house. Here's what my secret is. First, mix together four favorite fruits, raisins in particular, into your fruitcake batter. Now here's my secret. Butter. Lots of butter. Three sticks to be precise. Put this butter in a microwave-safe bowl and melt it in the microwave. After your butter is melted, you'll want to use the butter to smother your pan. And I mean, soak the pan. Now take your fruitcake batter and put it into your buttered pan. And here's the Polydeen trick. You'll want to walk over to the trash can, and this is the special part. Now the butter has made the pan super slippery. Absolutely perfect to slip this fruitcake batter straight into the trash can. Now that's where fruitcake belongs. And it's time to actually make something good. My butter sugar cookies. Merry Christmas, y'all. And don't you be eating none of that nasty fruitcake. Well, thanks, Paula, for that, um, <laughs> interesting recipe. Now for a very special poetry reading from Emma Bell. Joy by Emma Bell Delight leaves you in cheerful mood, but is only temporary and moves on. Contentment is found sometimes when you eat food. It pushes you and makes you be drawn. Happiness is like a bright sunrise in the skies. 
sparkling off blue water, but it can be sliced. Joy is like a plane that never flies, leaving only when we leave Christ. When you look at the synonyms, it is hard to see that they are actually really different things. Only one can be found in what we achieve, and that is the one we do not like to fling. Joy is eternal and burns bright. It is the only one that feels right. For our final performance, we will be reading to you The Night Before Christmas. Read by Ava McLean, Jenna Wiest, Isaac Wren, and Donovan Elmore. Was the Night Before Christmas by Clement Clark Moore. Twas the night before Christmas when all through the house not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. The children were nestled all snug in their beds while visions of sugar plums danced in their heads. And Mama in her kerchief and I in my cap I just settled our brains for a long winter's nap. Now on the roof there arose such a clatter. I sprang from my bed to see what was the matter. Away to the window I flew like a flash, tore open the shutter, and threw up the sash. The moon on the breast of the new-fallen snow gave the luster of midday to object blow. When what to my wondering eyes should appear but a miniature sleigh and eight tiny reindeer. With a little old driver, so lively and quick, I knew in a moment it must be St. Nick. More rapid than eagles his courses they came, and he whistled and shouted and called them by name. Now Dasher, now Dancer, now Prancer and Vixen, on Comet, on Cupid, on Donner and Blitzen. To the top of the porch, to the top of the wall, now dash away, dash away, dash away all. As dry leaves that before the wind hurricane fly, when they meet with an obstacle mount to the sky. So up to the housetop the cursors they flew, with the sleigh full of toys and St. Nicholas too. And then in a twinkling I heard on the roof the prancing and pawning of each little hoof. As I drew in my head and was turning around, down the chimney St. Nicholas came with a bound. He was dressed in all fur from his head to his foot, and his clothes were all tarnished with ashes and soot. A bundle of toys he had flung on his back, and he looked like a peddler just opening his pack. His eyes, how they twinkled. His dimples, how merry. His cheeks were like roses. His nose like a cherry. His drool little mouth was drawn up like a bow, and the beard on his chin was as white as the snow. The stump of his pipe he held tight in his teeth, and the smoke it encircled his head like a wreath. He had a broad face and a little round belly that shook when he laughed like a bowl full of jelly. He was a chubby and plump, a right jolly old elf, and I laughed when I saw him, in spite of myself. A wink of his eye and a twist of his head soon gave me to know I had nothing to dread. He spoke not a word, but went straight to his work, and filled all the stockings, then turned with a jerk, and laying his finger aside of his nose and giving a nod up the chimney he rose. He sprang to his sleigh, to his team gave a whistle, and away they all flew like the down of a thistle. But I heard him exclaim, ere he drove out of sight, 
Merry Merry Christmas Christmas to all, and to all a good night. We hope that you've enjoyed our Christmas special. Remember that Jesus is the true reason we celebrate Christmas. Without our Savior's birth, we would not have salvation and forgiveness of our sins. So enjoy this time with your family and thank Jesus for the greatest gift of all. Merry Christmas from HLA's Reader Theater!